0: Bit. Check your thinking, catch your thinking, check your thinking, change your thinking. Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa. And join with me is my co-host, Anthony Dana. How are you today, Anthony? I'm doing great.
1: Uh, Dr. Rafa, how are you? Good? Good. I just got back from the gym and I am feeling really good. I got those endorphins uh, kicking in. This is the way to do a podcast. Early day, 1130, going for 12 o'clock. Just to let everybody a little bit behind the curtain, we've had some tapings where we did them after you know we both worked we both had long days it's eight nine o'clock we're pretty much running on empty this is much better uh it's sunny out and yep
0: today and trying to do this late at night we we realized wasn't good so this is our second episode that we're airing today
1: what's on the agenda today dr rafa
0: we are discussing adhd and dr aaron beck
1: As I plan to always do, I come up with a quote that has to do with the topic or one of the topics, normally the first one. And so with ADHD, I was a little hard pressed on finding a good quote that was meaningful and that really connected with ADHD. But I did come up with this. So this is from Dr. Edward M. Howell, M.D., And I believe it's from an essay that he wrote in it. He says, no matter how much you want to force yourself to pay attention, boredom allows curiosity to find the key and open the dungeon door, allowing attention to escape and find some interesting place to visit. So what I took from that doctor is boredom can be a good thing, right? Are kids generally bored today like, say, you and I were when we were kids?
0: Well, definitely not to the same degree if they're bored. I don't think it has comparison to how we were because we had to use our brain. If you remember when we were kids, we had to play outside. We grew up in a pretty rural area. So literally sitting outside playing with sticks and stones. Kids today are, you know, have instant gratification with downloading a video. We used to have to wait to rent. From the store, uh, we had to wait for a song on the radio to come on. And now kids are just, you know, instant gratification with their games, and the games are so stimulating, and visually and, and auditorily, just so fast. So when they say they're bored, uh, it's actually a good thing,
1: so they can use their creative mind. It was it was hard for me, especially because I couldn't find a store that sold or uh, rented beta. We decided to go with the beta and you know, just like the line at the bank or the toll booth. Boy, did I pick the wrong one. My daughter often, not like she used to, but there was a time when she would come up to me, You know, especially summer vacations, and she would say, I'm bored. And I I do remember feeling that a lot at her age, uh, constantly. I didn't really mention it out loud, but I do remember feeling the same way, but I, I would figure something out, whatever it was. And She figured eventually she realized that it wasn't a good thing to bring up to me constantly because you know, I'd give her some suggestions and then she would shoot everyone down. Nah I don't wanna do that. Nah, I don't wanna do that. And then finally I just okay, well, you know what we can do? Listen, I got some ideas. So we got dusting, vacuuming, or you could sweep the kitchen. And eventually she stopped coming to me because she was bored and then she just figured it out.
0: Yeah, forced her to be creative. And but by the other thing too, I wanted to mention is that all of this stimulation with electronic screen time, it doesn't let the brain rest. So sitting and being bored is a way for the brain to actually just kind of rest and open up to new ideas
1: and creativity. Now, you know, uh, transitioning into ADHD, are kids who are addicted to technology, which is pretty much, uh, you know, most of kids. Yes, exactly. First of all, is that a way to is that a sign of ADHD? Could it be that they're always on their tech, uh, on their phones, and and or, or again on the flip side, some could argue, well, he doesn't have ADHD because look how focused he is on his video game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that argument before. Like, oh, my kid doesn't have ADHD because he can focus. Well, any kid can really focus on a video game. So, um, I mean, there's research out there that shows that the video games are are not good for everyone, even us as adults because of the dopamine hit that we get from it actually. And then we have to crash after that. So especially for a kid that has ADHD, it's not great for them. I'm not saying don't do it at all, but it could have more effects on them maybe than a non-ADHD
1: kid. And the, the boredom really, like you said, isn't evident today with kids because of so many options that they have. And I'm thinking in the future, that's not going to be a good thing these this generation what's this generation called gen z so gen z they're not going to understand what boredom is and how it's it can be a gift necessity is the is the mother of invention and necessity can come into play when you're bored well they don't know what that means so they don't their imagination is kind of limited i i would imagine so the majority you know of gen z will have a difficult time when they're asked to think outside the box,
0: right. They'll be at the a disadvantage. Um, and parents are often quick to just you know give them the electronics because they need to get work done, especially working from home yeah. now with the pandemic. So it's like electronic babysitter, which is, you
1: know, not great. Well, it, and again, it, it's a little our parents were guilty of it on some level. I know my my mother was and, and uh, God bless her. And, and I'm not faulting her because she did a great job. I think others might others might disagree. But, you know, I was raised my babysitter was a TV and for hours. I was fine, you know, yeah, I'm talking about the seventies people. So we're talking about those, those, those game shows during the day. And then I'd find, you know, the, uh, the old reruns of, um, Dennis, the menace and, and Beverly Hillbillies and, and so on. And, um, of course I dream of Jeannie. So I, I had this too, and if you have ADHD. That's not necessarily a good thing to always be on electronics, right?
0: Right. Yeah, it's definitely like a, you know not good for most kids because, like I said, they get that um, overstimulation of their nervous system. But especially for ADHD, because despite the name uh, ADHD, kind of a misnomer, it's like this attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It's actually the opposite. They're overstimulated all the time, and that's why they have a hard time paying attention. So it's not really a deficit in paying attention. It's that they're over attentive to their environment so that could make it worse
1: i have a mild case of adhd and i think we all have that i think again, people use it a lot i hear people oh oh that's you know that's my adhd sorry you know if they forget what they were talking about or if they just uh change the subject and one thing that this is either i'm rude or i have adhd I interrupt people and, um, and I apologize. Uh, and you, you know, I do it cause I get looks from you, uh, doctor, but I try not to do it and I'm aware of it. So it's like, I know I have a problem and that's the first step. Admitting that you have a problem and having the insight into it. Right. But the only reason why that I do it, I can't speak for everybody who has, and again, my ADHD is like just <laughs> like minimal. I'm worried because this happens quite often. Because if I don't say it, it's going to go away.
0: Yeah, yeah, you'll forget, and you want to get it off, you know, off your chest, yeah.
1: Now I, I'm not getting any younger, so that also might come into play too with uh, the age. Mm-hmm. Just so, so now that we're we're talking about ADHD, we cross that bridge. <laughs> How is ADHD properly? And I'm going to use the uh, you know put in, putting quotes properly diagnosed.
0: Yeah, yeah you know my uh, spiel on this, so. In my opinion, um, psychologists are the better or the best uh, people to diagnose ADHD. Medical doctors, primary care physicians, pediatricians, even a psychiatrist can diagnose ADHD. However, they rarely do a thorough job of doing that because they cannot do testing. That is a privilege that we clinical psychologists can do. In my practice, I do a very thorough job of testing Uh, mostly children. Once in a while, we'll have an adult come in. But I'm pretty protective of that diagnosis because it's so overdiagnosed. Medical doctors are well-intentioned, I imagine. However, they're time limited with the insurance restrictions. So they give parents a checklist to check off where it's really not sufficient. Really, we need to do um, executive functioning testing to really see what's going on with that kid. So I would say properly diagnosed would be with a clinical psychologist.
1: Uh, so, because of this, it's often ADHD is often misdiagnosed.
0: Very much so. There's been lots of times where we've had kids come in, um, diagnosed ADHD with their doctor, and we do a thorough evaluation, and they actually have an anxiety disorder. Not good if they're taking a medication for ADHD, which is typically a stimulant medication. You give that to an anxiety disorder kid. What do you think happens, Anthony? Their anxiety increases. <laughs> So really not good. There are some choices for non-stimulant meds, but uh, most MDs opt for the stimulant meds.
1: With adults, there's a relatively high amount of adults that are discovering or diagnosed uh, with ADHD as well?
0: Yes. uh, Again, particularly our generation, because it was missed. They were all just kind of lumped into special education or he's just not trying, putting in effort, you know, like the... The catch-all kind of phrases from the 70s and 80s um so adults will sometimes come in <clears throat> and wonder if they have adhd and we can do testing on them as well i scale it back though and don't maybe not do a whole full battery of a bunch of tests for 2800 dollars. so um yeah adults can come in usually it's the spouse
1: or somebody at work that recognizes it exactly. okay so i i looked up add okay yeah is that is that a, first of all what does it represent and and second of all is it a thing
0: is it a thing all right so ADD was a thing from 1980 to 1987 in the DSM-3 and then it was changed to ADHD in the DSM-4 ADD was the old term for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder so now it's just ADHD with or without hyperactivity. So people will use the terms interchangeably. And some people will get offended if, you know, I say, oh, you have ADHD. No, 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 I have ADD. I'm like, well, it's the same
1: thing. Well, they're just trying to seem like it's not as bad. It's not as bad. I'm not hyperactive.
0: No, I'm not hyperactive. I'm like, I know it's silly. It's ADHD with and without
1: hyperactivity. So what ADD, why did it have to change? That it would be better to differentiate. Just if yeah, if everybody doesn't have hyperactivity then listen. you have add you could be hyper you might not be hyper
0: and the way that i write it on a report is i'll write adhd pit is predominantly inattentive type
1: so it's like all this language you know around it i guess maybe you know if you don't have um add or adhd uh you know to uh, to everybody else you, you do seem hyperactive so it's like you know no no i'm not hyperactive yeah you kind of are my next question: In an IEP meeting, could a school psychologist say diagnose a child with ADHD? Or are they qualified?
0: No, they're not. So, school psychology—you know—they do testing, they do the IQ testing, and in the school, they don't have clinical diagnoses for kids. And ADHD is a medical diagnosis, so one needs, you know, doctor or medical doctor to even sign off on it in, in some districts. So they have a different classification system. They have um, other health impaired, emotionally disturbed, which sometimes equals you know depression or anxiety. So a school psychologist can do the testing, but in order to get an ADHD diagnosis, one has to come to a clinical psychologist. Like I said, a medical doctor can diagnose
1: that as well. Okay, those are all my questions, doctor. Very, very nice. So we're going to go to Dr. Aaron Beck and... I have some questions for you. Is that a game? This is a game. I told you, wow. You okay? I told you I had a game. This, uh-huh. is, this is a game. And there are five questions I have on Dr. Beck. Okay. And it's, you know, it's, it's trivia. Right. You know, this, we're, here, we're just having fun here. So I want to see uh, how well you do. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Rafa is not privy to these I questions. On the fly. On the fly. All right. First question. Where was Aaron Beck born?
0: uh philadelphia
1: no um well i'm going for so this is don't be specific now i'll give you the state you can you can just say the state yeah we don't have to get all yeah unless you feel really confident but so i'll give you i'll say so we'll go with the state Mm -hmm. and let me just say so we'll get three guesses how about this with three guesses that was first one and for geography purposes you're you're relatively warm Mm -hmm. For Pennsylvania or even Philadelphia to be even more specific. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's what's so East Coast. It's definitely, it's definitely Northeast.
0: Okay. Was I ever in this state?
1: I don't know where you've traveled, where your travels have taken you. I don't believe so. You, I know for a fact from a conversation that we've had that you've been close, very close. Massachusetts? That's no, but that's very close. That's the very close. Okay. So you have one more guess. Vermont. No, you're going a little bit in the opposite direction. It is Rhode Island. He was in. Uh, he was born in Providence, Rhode Island. P-Town. Yes. Okay. Is that what it's referred to as? I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. I thought you just made that up. Yeah. Okay. So, second question. Name a college that Dr. Beck attended. University of Pennsylvania. University of Pennsylvania is correct. And then there's another very famous college ivy league that he i believe i believe he uh, hmm.
0: Ivy League, huh okay um brown
1: is brown all right all right one for two one yeah. for two right fifty percent okay so let's go let's go for two for three mm-hmm. how many children does dr beck have dr beck has four children good now now you got the question correct so but but for um for extra credit how many boys how many of were girls? Our girls. Okay. Yeah. Two boys, two girls. Correct. I think, yeah, you did say so you... you uh, I knew that. You, yeah. you worked with... Um, one of them trained you.
0: His son, Daniel Beck, trained me. He was my supervisor for my, um, my Academy of Cognitive Therapy training to be certified as a CBT therapist. And his daughter, Judith, runs the Beck Institute.
1: Okay, and as I was researching this, uh, I, I'm not going to go into specifics right now, but I do remember that his other daughter, whose name escapes me, she's uh, pretty um, pretty accomplished in her own right. But we're going to we're going to talk about that later on. Maybe we'll go into uh, you know now there'll be another segment. I'll come up with a game and and we'll, I'll include that information on his on his kids. All right, question number four. I only recognize one person on this list, but. I did come up with, I I love lists and I thought this could be fun. So I found this article on how Dr. Beck is one of the most influential thinkers of all time in the world of psychiatric thinking. Can you name one of the other four? And there's only one whose name rings a bell. And that's not a hint, by the way. Ha ha. I noticed in your... In your question, you said psychiatric. Mm-hmm. So,
0: of course, I think more psychologists than psychiatrists. So, uh,
1: you, so. OK, so I, I will keep that in mind in my future questions.
0: I would say Freud.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, OK, Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other three. I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm going to butcher their names. Uh, Emile K- Krapulin. Ah, uh, That doesn't sound good. Krapolin. I'll go with Crappelin. Um, I believe he sounds somewhat familiar. There's a Eugene Bueller. I think it's pronounced Bueller. <laughs> or is it, I just want to say Bueller like it that. Just, anyone? Anyone? Eugene Bueller. And then finally, a Nathan Klein. First of all, why would you name your child Eric if your last name is Erickson? That's just cruel. Cool alliteration, I guess. Double E, though. That's cool. Yo, double E! You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you could have went with Ernie.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be okay.
1: Or Errol. Errol. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know that, that we need to bring that name back. There's no Errols anymore. Yeah, we were talking before about
0: names that have kind of just died out and dissipated, right?
1: What was um?
0: What was the name
1: that we? Were... I think you said Mary. Was, yeah, was Mary. Not really around oh. much? There, there's a lot of them, they're all over 70. There's no 90 year old Ambers. And there's, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah, you know, well, who knows with the, some of the lives that there's some of the Ambers are, or if they, if they get to be 90, and then there's no like, you know, uh, you know, 17, 18 year old girls named Ethel anymore. Or Muriel. Uh, uh, Muriel. That's an old one. That was it. Yeah. Oh no, I, okay, Never mind. I, I, I remember the name now and we, we cannot talk <laughs> about that. Uh-huh. It's a uh, class. It's not really classified information, but it's just it's let's say it's in bad taste. So let's move on. Finally, number five famous quote. This is more of just an assessment than a question, but I guess it, I, I'm, I'm going to masquerade it as a question. Dr. Beck is famous for saying, stop it and give yourself a chance. So can you elaborate that and tell us what it means in layman's terms?
0: So our um, that was our quote when we signed off on our first episode, and we just kind of left it hanging to open to interpretation. So really like this quote because um, part of cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, the model behind it is looking at a situation and automatic thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So we have these distortions in our thinking, according to Dr. Beck, self-defeating thoughts, and they're limiting beliefs. They get in the way of how we perceive ourselves, others in the world and the stop it is basically like stop it check your thinking catch your thinking check your thinking change your thinking and then also give yourself a chance as in believing in yourself um and maybe doing something differently instead of avoiding give yourself a chance to you know believe differently or do something differently so i think it sums up his model very well
1: what came to mind for me was we create our own demons yeah. in a way, and uh, we we again, or another way to look at that is we are our own worst enemy, or our own worst critic.
0: There's self-deprecating sure. thoughts and self-critical, you know, self-defeating thoughts, and we absolutely can get in our own way.
1: So I mean, but it's it's also it's also good to call yourself out on something and just to, but some people take it to the extreme more often than not right and that's that's the problem
0: right and then if they have these thoughts like what we find with people who have uh, major depressive disorder they have very similar you know, self-defeating thoughts about themselves worthlessness and being a failure and you know horrible things that they believe about themselves
1: so be a compulsive cheerleader who is, has illusions of grandeur and is ever optimistic yeah. and is totally arrogant because no i'm kidding but, but, but Actually, there's a technique
0: in CBT called acting as if. And it's kind of that fake until you make it. Oh. Like on Saturday Night Live, that the people reference that Stuart Smalley. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: he's he's brilliant. Can we get him on the show? Maybe. That'd be funny. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there is truth to it, right? Like you say it over and over, or I make coping cards for people to read or post-it note they carry around with them, and you start to just believe differently about yourself and it
1: eventually sticks so there is something that because i used to always think fake it till you make it i go what a charlatan but but no no we're all imposters when we first start imposter syndrome is actually a thing yeah. imposter syndrome well i mean you can't even i mean there's a lot to say that even in history right and history is made by the first timers true so and they they're 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 acting like they know exactly what they're doing i mean george washington this president thing. What am I what am I doing? Okay. The first name, so. And he and, and you know, he set a precedent um, on every other president since him. And, and he was figuring it out, too. But this that was nothing after you know what he went through before that. He's like, all right. I mean, I risked my life. How many times? Okay, I'll do this president thing, whatever that is.
0: Right. And there is like that whole, like I said, acting as if fake it till you make it. And it really is just about believing differently about yourself. Like I can do this and then having a coping plan for if things go awry, how am I going to deal with it? So it's really teaching people to be resilient. That's really what, um, big part of the way that, especially that I do therapy that I administer and
1: work with people in their therapy and helping them to achieve their goals. Okay. Well, we learned, I learned a lot today. I hope everybody else uh, did too. So that's all the questions I have on Dr. Aaron Beck. Thank you for educating me and educating the audience.
0: Thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. You can email questions or comments to us at info. At innerbalancepsychology.com, be happy to be open to suggestions of future episodes, or maybe questions or comments about our two episodes.
1: So yeah, far. we're still learning how to walk here, so now is the time to get your questions in before we just blow up, and then it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, you know get your question in. Navigate. Yeah. The, the, the endless room. Because this this show is just going to be huge, so you might you might want to get in on the bottom floor and um, you know buy low. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.